Hello, tribe. This podcast is sponsored by Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic is a natural superfood company that specializes in mushroom based drinks that benefit our immunity, energy, longevity, and keeping us healthy and enhanced in our lives. Four Sigmatic makes a wide variety of blends, including mushroom coffee, mushroom elixir, hot cacao matcha, and superfood blends. I believe strongly in this company. I've been taking Four Sigmatic and it has changed my life. I can't even begin to start my day without a cup of Four Sigmatic in front of me. Right before I meditate or I do anything from speaking engagements to traveling to doing healing on people or just going out in the world and sharing my immense love for this planet and for everyone on it. I feel lit times 1,000. It is literally shifting the energy in my being. I'm talking firing off those synapses, kicking my body into high gear by awakening those electrons, spinning those electrons, getting my body so on point with my focus, my creativity, and my energy. One of the products that I love the most is the Lion's Mane Coffee. Lion's Mane promotes productivity and focus. And it was known by shamans and monks who take that into their body for meditation, focus, and clarity so they can really tune in to the energies and absorb the knowledge and information that is coming to them from the spirit world. And as you know, on Ancient Wisdom Today, we like to keep it lit all day every day. And how do we do that? By creating magic. And what is magic? Magic is turning up that energy, living our truth, honoring who we are, and doing what's right for us so that we can live a beautiful, powerful, easy, playful, fun, joyous, and just the most powerful life in this now time. So if you don't have Four Sigmatic on your shelf, in your bag, in your briefcase, on the airplane with you, right before you speak, whatever it is that you do, you have to get this. Even for your kids, for your teenagers, pop it in their in their bag before they go to school. This is the drink that literally makes you think. It is powerful and it is enriched with so many powerful mushrooms. And these adaptogens are literally changing the lives of people. And remember, I've talked to you many times before in the past about mushrooms and the networking system of mushrooms when it gets into your body and just really taking your body to a whole new level. So if you're interested in learning more about this amazing company, because I just really want you to know, Tribe, that everything I share with you, I share with you from my heart because I believe in it and I see what it has done for me and my life and all of my friends and family. Go to foursigmatic.com backslash Shaman Durek, and you will get a discount code at your checkout. That's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com backslash Shaman Durek for your 15% off. I love you, tribe. I love you so much. That is the reason why I choose sponsors that are in alignment and authenticity to what this tribe is about. Staying lit, staying focused, staying driven, and changing our planet. 
for the good. Love you. Enjoy the share. Bye. Human beings have been sharing stories for hundreds of thousands of years, and with those stories came the emotional, spiritual, and physical knowledge of the ancients. Shaman Durek is a third-generation shaman, an evolutionary innovator, and a women's empowerment leader. He's here to bring forth the ancient wisdom of our elders to help heal and bring happiness into our modern society. We're sharing ancient knowledge in modern times in order to put the power back in people's hands. Welcome to the tribe. Hello, beautiful tribe. Welcome to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast, and I love you. I love you for being on earth. I love you for making the journey. I love you for always overcoming the things in your life that cause you pain and difficulty and looking and searching and discovering new ways to enlighten yourself, to lift yourself, to shift yourself into new realities of consciousness. I love you for always acknowledging yourself in ways that you can evolve to make life better for everyone. So if anyone hasn't told you that they love you, I love you. I love you. I'm happy that you're created. And I'm happy that you're here with me on this planet. And I want you to know that I know it's not easy for everyone where they are and what's going on in the world and the things that we see projected at us from the world. However, we mustn't put our mind upon those things. We have to go beyond the level of consciousness of the reality that's being presented was a reality that was created a long time ago by those who were thinking and acting and responding to their thoughts and bringing them into fruition, which is what we're experiencing now. A lot of times what happens is people get very transfixed on an idea that they see in society or they see in the world. And what we have to understand is that Anytime you go into a space where you become transfixed, which basically means you become motionless with horror, wonder, or astonishment, you literally are holding energy. And when you focus on that, you hold energy from moving. And one of the biggest mistakes we make as human beings is we communicate and we focus our energy in a very holding space. Now, it's one thing to hold love and experience it, bathe in it, bask in it, you know, allow it to premate every cell and organism in your being, to hold joy or to hold laughter, to be transfixed on pleasure and happiness. These are beautiful ways in which to utilize your energy and your ability to direct energy. Think of yourself as a conductor. A conductor conducts energy, right? And so if a conductor is conducting energy and we operate from the idea that the conductor is conducting energy in form of sound or it's conducting energy in, form, um, in, in forms of frequency or color, um, it can come in many different ways how a conductor chooses to conduct energy. 
But a person who is a conductor is a person who directs the performance of energy. That's basically what it means. And if a conductor is conducting sound, they are a person who is directing the performance of orchestra and choir and so forth. When we get into understanding how we can become an amazing, powerful conductor, that's when we really get into the, to the truth of what it means to be a creator, right? And not just a creator who's operating on a physical platform that is operating from just the day-to-day experiences of life, because that in itself isn't the only way in which we conduct. And that's why it's so important um, in shamanism, because in shamanism, one of the teachings of shamanism that you learn, what I learned when I was a kid from my elders, and what you learn is how energy gets conducted. And when you are conducting energy, are you a good conductor of energy, meaning good in the sense of, are you aware of the energy that you're being that's being conducted to a person or out into the world that's being conducted emotionally, uh, being conducted mentally, and also being con- um, generated spiritually. Now, this is really important and really want you to take this in because it's very valuable information for your evolution. So a conductor is basically conducting energy through electricity. Heat, sound can also flow through it as well. And an electrical conductor, which conducts electricity that you see that, you know, lights up your home and so forth, is just directing where that energy is and being able to hold that energy. So a conductor has the ability to hold energy as well as direct it. When a person is a conductor for an orchestra, for instance, they are hearing the energy coming at them through the buffers into their ears. And because they know the sound so well or the energy that's being projected at them, and they know in which way the song or the orchestra or choir should go, they can conduct their movements in the air to direct where the energy rises and falls, when it comes in soft, when it comes in high, when it comes in strong, when the drums go, when the person, you know, sings, they can conduct the whole entire thing to create the landscape of that symphony or that orchestra. Still, they're holding the energy that's coming at them very quickly and learning because of being a conductor and becoming masterful at being a conductor. They've learned how to orchestrate that beautiful, amazing sound to create the most wonderful landscape for those who are listening and experiencing. That is a gift. And you have that gift. We all have that gift. Energy is always coming to us. It comes through sound and words and thoughts and feelings. And the way in which we perceive that, we have to ask ourselves, when that energy is being brought to us, the way in order for us to become excellent conductors is to be able to sit in that space of that energy and be able to project it from our being that creates a symphony, a beautiful landscape for other people, for nature, for life to experience and grow from. However, a lot of times in our life, including my own, we've had experiences that have come to us that 
hasn't been so pleasant and hasn't been filled with the greatest vibrations of energy from those who are conducting towards us. And we've taken in those vibrations, those sounds, those words, and they're sitting and we're holding on to them. Right. We're holding on to them. With every conductor, the, the process of holding on is only to sort through, to bring out the awareness of what energy should go where for its most necessary function to create a landscape of beauty, and joy, and love, and connectedness, and so much more. Some of the greatest speakers are amazing conductors. Some of the most amazing poignant DJs are amazing conductors. And some of the most powerful healers in the world are amazing conductors because they understand the energy that is coming through the body emotionally, mentally, spiritually, or physically. And they know how to arrange that energy back into the body in a way that brings health, vitality, strength, healing, and profound change. Even artists are forms of conductors. They are pulling energy in from the spirit world, translating it into feelings or thoughts, and then bringing it through the physical in motions that create a landscape on a canvas or in a sculpture or in welding or any form in which that art comes through. Even in food, there is energy being orchestrated together to create a uh, effect upon the body. And when it goes into the mouth and the taste buds, the sensories and the sensations, the tastes, the salts, the sweets, the pungents, all of it coming into the body, creating this landscape of pleasure when eating food and increasing your palate to be more aware of the many different vibrations of energy that comes from food. And then, of course, your body being able to experience it. So when we look at life and we, we look at the viewpoint of life and we, we stretch ourselves out to see how can I, as a person, be an excellent conductor, a person who is operating on the field of consciousness that allows me to bring about insight and direction of energy that supports my brothers and sisters, supports the trees, the flowers, the earth, the sun, the moon, the stars, supports everything that's being sent out from my being. The best way for us to be an excellent, superb conductor is for us to get into a space of understanding how in which we manifest. Now, when we think about manifesting, a lot of times people will think about, you know, uh, intention or bringing some idea of, you know, what they think is necessary by feeling it, visualizing it, or saying affirmations over and over and over. The whole consciousness of manifesting is literally coming from the understanding of clarity. In order for anything to be manifest in your life, there must be clarity. And clarity can only come when you're willing to be in a place of vulnerable honesty with yourself. Now, 
Some people will say, what do you mean by that, Shaman Durek? What do you mean, vulnerable honesty? Vulnerable honesty means that you're willing to be so completely honest about what you desire or choose to create because it really has value for you on a soul level. On a soul level, on a level where you realize that you're not just saying things just because you're in panic or you're in fear or you have some form of belief that you're holding on to that was conducted to you by another person or series of events that denote that you can't have this based upon your race or your 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 upbringing or where you're at in your life as far as your social status or your education or any of these things you see education social status race religion all of these outside labels and factors play no role in how you manifest in fact a lot of people in the world block their ability to manifest because they're holding on to false concepts that are held within those fields and ranges of information of race upbringing religion social status and many other more and many others so the thing is if we are going to step into a place of really choosing to be creators it's probably best for us to figure out what it means to be a creator and to model after the greatest creator there is, which is God. Now, a lot of people have very, um, how can I say, in the most easiest form, a lot of people have a lot of distrust and charges when they hear the word God. And I can understand why. I have been in that category at one time. That train of thought, that idea that human beings have used God as a weapon to consciousness has caused a great upheaval within the minds of women and men on earth. When people think of God, they think of loneliness, abandonment, how could God let something like this happen if God is so powerful? There must not be a God. And also the referencing of God having some form of human identity that thinks in a way that is lower than a way that a primal animal who is um, afraid or angry or upset or a human being that could be angry or upset as animals um, operate from anger only when they feel, you know, there's a predator and it's not even anger that they're operating from. It's much more of survival and needing to exude some form of aggression in order to survive. The consciousness of reality that is painted when God is in picture is painted of a man sitting in the clouds who is needing your prayers because he's insecure and needs to be able to um, doll out gifts to those who have fulfilled his need for fulfillment in his ego 
to be loved and seen and heard and valued and appreciated and worshipped. And for those who don't, they get the opposite end of the spectrum, which is they get lives that are not complete or they don't get support or help through their t- trying times or difficulties. And, and, and fewer words or less to add it to the very commercialized idea of Santa Claus, a lump of coal. Now, I know that there are people in the world who believe that God is sitting in the idea of this whole you're a sinner or not a sinner, or that you are not a good person if you do this or that. And as much as the stories and the, the, the way that the people who believe in them have made them seem so truthful because they're so strong about their beliefs, one thing I learned from my grandfather, which was that he spent a lot of his life focusing on wanting to love God through the way of fear and God being jealous and angry and upset and all of these things. And when he died and he was revealed the truth, immediately came to visit me and tell me that he was sorry and that he was wrong. You see, the understanding of our creator being able to be angry and jealous and upset and all of these things really affects a great deal of humanity from being able to be excellent manifestors. Because if you are afraid of doing something or expressing something or being something or asking for something because you're afraid that the creator that you're asking from has mood swings, well, I get, chances are you're not going to ask for what is really necessary for your evolution. You'll probably water it down and most likely won't believe you can have it unless you meet some quota of goodness, as if you are paying God to be loved, which is what a lot of human beings do to one another, which is the more things that you do that are good for me and more that you fill up my cup, the more you must love me. So therefore, I am willing to reward you by taking you out to dinner or calling you or checking in on you or doing any of these things. When in fact, love doesn't have some type of debt system attached to it. Love is free. Love doesn't have debt, credit cards, or payment plans and loans that you can take out so that you can be loved or have a good life or an easy life. And the God that was painted in the, I would say, fairy tale way of being this man in the cloud with lightning bolts, striking those who do not pay homage and those who do, is really much the system of the matrix itself. It is the idea that if you don't do something to give to the system, then the system will not give to you. And that is not God at all. And some people will say, well, how do you know, Shaman Durek? Because when I was 28 years old, I died in the hospital with a 10.6 potassium and flatlined and went through that liquid, saw my whole life and how I affected every person and got to look at the big picture outside of my view of the world when I was living in a physical form. 
and had some amazing realities shown to me when I got to the other side, which was this beautiful paradise and the love and the connectedness and the no judgment, no pain and no suffering and being a child again in a giant playground that is eternal and endless and that anything you could possibly imagine or want to do is there that brings you joy and happiness. And when the beings there explained to me the incorrect thinking or malfunction of thinking of human nature towards their own creator has caused the downfall and the pain and suffering that they instill on earth within each other and within themselves limits them from creating a greater world because they're stuck in the idea that they have to work for something in order to have something and to work for love in order to be loved and to meet some expectation of a creator or another person to be seen valuable when in all of that is so far from the truth and so degrading to the human spirit that we must stop in order to be able to evolve in a higher way than from where we are. And that lesson, even upon being asked if I wanted to return to earth, one of the things that was very interesting was when I was in the hospital, when I came out of my coma and I could barely, I couldn't talk because I had brain damage, couldn't walk and a lot of other things were going on. And I'm sure if you've heard a lot of my interviews out in the public, you'll get a lot of the pictures of what happened. I don't want to go too much into it, but I will say this. My sister had a piece of paper and my hands were shaking profusely and I couldn't stop them, of course. And she put a pen in my hand to see if I was going to say anything. And I kept saying, we're wrong. We're wrong. Malfunction in thinking. God is love. God is love. So in life, you know, we're held between a spectrum of reality that we choose. Not God, not spirit. We choose it by placing our mind upon it. So when we say manifest and I talk about clarity, oh, clarity is such a beautiful word and such an opener of many doors. You see, whatever we put our mind on or we focus on, that becomes our reality. Reality is fluid much like the ocean, but more fluid than that. Much like the wind, and even more fluid than that. You see, reality only becomes reality when you choose to place importance or value on it. The energy that moves through the universe is operating in frequencies and waves that are interchangeable and can take any form of direction. I like to call this the wacky atoms. Wacky atoms, it's what I call it. I came up with this name, wacky atoms, because when I was a kid, I always thought it was interesting when I was learning about shamanism and how energy is moving in every direction. And I remember when I got older, I remember going to this group, uh, this woman wanted me to come to do a meditation and she asked me, you know, it would be an honor to have you, Shaman Dirk, um, at this meditational group. And when I went to meditate, I decided to lay down. 
And everyone in the room had turned and looked at me and she came and tapped me on the shoulder and said, you need to sit up with your back up straight, you know, and your hands open in ohm position so that you can receive the highest amount of energy. And this is the proper way to meditate. And I remember thinking of my wacky Adams um, theory that I had when I was a kid learning about energy and healing and so forth that my elders were teaching me. My elders told me that energy is moving in all directions and not just in the direction around you, but into every aspect of consciousness and every possible reality and every quantum field and every theory or thought and every emotion from distance to to mass to being um, proximal. It is in everything. And this energy can be affected by uh, another force of energy. And that force can be me. And I thought, how amazing. This woman's asking me to sit up with my hands in own position, with my back straight up, because she thinks the only way energy can enter my body is down this straight line. When in fact, if she understood about the wacky atoms and understanding that atoms are not just moving in a straight line and that energy and frequency is not moving just in a straight line. It is moving in the most wackiest, playful, you know, um, creative way you can imagine from spirals to crisscrossing to up and down to blinking in and out of existence to you name it. And the consciousness of that, when we get into understanding, you know, the quantum energy of electromagnetic radiation, um, you know, emitted by black body and thermal equilibrium, you know, we understand that energy in itself is colliding and being held or released and at different spectrums, which of course is um, Planck's theory in understanding which Einstein, of course, took and um, began to expound off of and seriously really um, get into a lot of uh, Max Planck's ideas, who came up with these theories that we operate from in our quantum reality to this day. And one of the interesting things that I see, which, which will be much more known in the future when scientists begin to really integrate with shamans and integrate with those who are experts in the field of spirit, will begin to help them piece together some of the pieces that they don't understand that don't make sense. So the information that I'm sharing with you is shamanically um, quantum sh uh, shamanism from the prospect um, from the prospect on the idea that we formulate throughout time through many tribes um, worldwide who are spirit shamans and who operate in the field of working with healing and energy and sound and vibration and chanting and dancing and expressing spirit into the emotions, into the mind and into the physical body. So... So let me explain to you the, the most easiest form of understanding, okay? Going back to the whole theory that I have about the wacky atoms and that another force that collides with that, you know, can either contain or hold or push or create on top of the energy that's around, right? And you're doing it all the time. And so going back to what I was saying about the meditation, 
the woman who was operating in that field of thought that you know, meditation energy can only come in when the spine is erect and that's the only way it can get into the chakras of the body and so forth is not truthful at all. In fact, the wacky atom theory means that energy can move through every point of access within your being simultaneously and quantumly. That means that the moment you place your mind that energy is actually entering into your being, it enters. The moment you place your mind that energy is going just down your spine, then the energy moves just down your spine. The moment you place your mind on energy operating inside of your body, such as your atoms in your cells and so forth, and you place your consciousness, which is an energy force that is colliding with those atoms, colliding with that energy, it then is waiting for you to decide where to direct it. And that's where your conductor comes in. Isn't this wonderful? I love sharing things with you, tribe. Okay, so your conductor comes in and that is when you get to decide where that energy is going to go based on your consciousness, which is holding that energy and therefore putting its attention on it. Your intention, or when people talk about set an intention, well, you can't really set an intention if you don't have attention, but you can't have attention if you don't have clarity. So clarity is the first key. Then attention upon that which you have brought clarity to is the second. And then the third is the intention of your attention. Where, What exactly are you going to do as what we call a magi or sorceress or creator, right? It doesn't matter because creation is a magi and the sorceress, they're all connected, right? Shaman, which they're all connected. There's just different ways of dealing with energy. For instance, a witch will utilize certain tools and herbs and, uh, and movement and song and incantation under certain energetic fields of the moon. Magnetic frequency, which polarizes energy, creates them to be able to draw out their intention into the world and thus create the manifestation that they so desire. And that with the herbs and everything, because the herbs come from the earth and they have energies in them and properties and the stones and the crystals and the dance gives more power and energy to their spell. The, the incantations are the sound energies that they bring in to, to fully anchor their clarity into a vessel of, of their focus. And the moon phases um, are the magnetic frequencies that are coming in at the earth, which allows more polarization of their, of their will into the world. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that great how witchcraft was so easily explained to you? And it's not about black magic. It's not about white magic. It's like people say, oh, I'm a white witch. I'm a dark witch, whatever. There's no such thing. And in truth, if you want to call yourself a white witch, basically all it means is that you generate energy from a field of consciousness that is in pure light. However, that's not necessarily true if you're looking at the charts of magi. 
And in shamanism, we don't reference the charts of magi from the understanding that it's just coming from white light. The consciousness for a shaman is that they see the darkness, they understand the dark arts, they understand the void, and it is through the void they're able to generate light. So that means that darkness is transmutated into light and then brought forth into a reality that creates something for the better good of all. So darkness is being activated. It's just being transmutated before it goes out into the world. This is the way the shamans operate. And so when a witch says, oh, I'm a white, I only deal with, you know, I'm a, I'm a white witch, I think that's much more based on the, the consensus of society accepting them and not being afraid of them because, okay, I mean, face it, witches have been persecuted for the dawning of time. You know, um, you know, if you were a woman who worked with herbs and could make poluses and tinctures and certain types of salves, you know, you were considered a witch. And in truth, you are. Because if you're doing anything with herbs, anything where you're combining herbs or mixing herbs or giving people herbs, you're considered a witch in the nature of shamanism because you are operating on the field of using the intelligence of the necessary components of the herb, be it in its magical property or in its more holistic property, and you're bringing it into a space with the person for an ailment or a symptom that they're going through or for the combination effect of maintaining health and wellness on some level that makes you a witch. Now you can call an acupuncturist a witch because they're all doing the same thing. And however, people, of course, would just say, I'm a Chinese medicine doctor. Yes, you are. But in truth, in the field of shamanism, and if a shaman met you from its real tradition, they would consider you a witch doctor. However, moving forward from that, we look at that the idea of that is not necessarily true. And when someone is operating from the field of darkness, the difficulty of that is that when you use dark frequency to, to generate energy out into the world, because there is a consciousness that is cremating all energy, which is God, which is pure love, right? And pure creation. Everything that you send out belongs to you. And therefore, if the energy is not sent out in what we call the correct stream of matter, the correct stream of matter, and to give you an understanding of what that means, means it's not coming from, it's not connecting into the field of God consciousness, which is pure love, then it will return to you. And so people who do black magic or left-handed voodoo or anything where they're utilizing energies for the purpose of manipulation, subjugation, fear, or attack upon another person is basically accumulating energy that belongs to them that will return to them. That's why they have to constantly keep making deals with people energetically that will not pay them and then they take that energy and disperse it as many times as they can before it comes back to them. So it could be a whole lifetime that energy comes back to them, but it still belongs to them. And after they leave this embodiment, it still belongs to them. And so therefore they still have to, to clean it up. And that when we say clean it up, we don't mean like they have to like, you know, get a broom and a mop and dust it up. But what they do is they have to energetically consciously use their powers as a creator, as a conductor, to change the frequency of energy back into love and then send it back, send it back out.
when we're in understanding of like a lot of people are like, oh, I'm afraid of people putting spells on me or I'm afraid of these types of things and so forth. You don't need to be afraid of anyone who uses any form of magic or any words towards you or thoughts towards you that is negative in nature. And the reason being is because all you have to do if you want to keep any spells or any negativity or any things from affecting you is to constantly be a vessel who conducts love into the world selflessly. Meaning selflessly means that you're doing it for people every second, all the time. It doesn't mean you have to walk around every single day giving everyone a thousand and one blessings, but it, what it means is that your the nature of your being is to, to bless even the ones you considered wicked, the ones you considered dark, the ones you considered not in alignment or you don't resonate with, which is a very fascinating way of speaking. Because of course, if you focus on it, you do resonate with it. And that means that the the spirits are calling that energy to you because you're calling it to you by putting your attention on it. But that's a, another topic of when we get into understanding of what resonation means. And when you hear that word, like I don't resonate with it, or I resonate with what you're saying and I don't resonate with what you're saying. Any form of resonance. Anytime someone says, um, I'll just give you the, the the knowledge about it right now. Anytime someone says, I don't resonate with that, they resonate with it. They're just not choosing to look at why they are resonating with it. So they say they're not, which means they're in denial that they are. And if someone says, I resonate with love, well, of course you do, because that's why you're resonating with it. So whenever you hear the word resonate, just know that they are resonating with it. If it's good or bad, if they mention it and it connects with the word resonate, they're resonating. Now they just have to take responsibility and look at why they're resonating with it versus saying that they're not. Moving forward. So when we talk about shamanism, right? Shamanism, the difference between shamanism and um, witchcraft is that witchcraft is, it really is a craft. It really is. There's a certain essence of knowledge that is pertained within the field of knowing the phases of the moon, you know, the different types of incantations that move energy, then the knowledge of herbs and how they combine, and as well as being able to connect into the emotional, sexual, sensual energy that witches generate in order to bring that energy into propelling it out into the field of consciousness or into the field of energy that is, I call it the wacky atoms, right? To create um, something that um, brings something into fruition. Now, a difference between a sage is a sage is what we call old wisdom. So a sage is a person who operates from the field of, they know about herbs, they're very close to animals, and they're very close to the gentleness and the kindness of humankind. And their whole thing is they usually keep themselves quiet and only speak when something is necessary to be said. They're constantly listening and observing, and they don't speak so much. And spirit will speak into them, and they'll pour it out into the world. And sages are wonderful, wonderful beings, wonderful beings, and just beautiful in every way. And then, of course, there is the Templars. And the Templar beings on earth are basically operating from the place of holding you know, um, the knowledge of the world of energy and magic and so forth, but also governing it through the knowledge of, 
you know, religion and ideas of religion and so forth and utilizing it in a different way. So the Templars of old time would walk around as soldiers and so forth, but they knew magic, but they also knew how to to counterbalance it. Whereas the Templars of today are people who are operating in the field of priesthood. Um, They're the ones who are operating as religious figures who are open-minded to the awareness of these things. However, they want to block the effects that it has upon humanity. And some people have just gone far, far all the way to the other side where they just consider it all evil. However, a true Templar is one who honors, honors the, the, the richness of love towards humanity, following the teachings of divinity, and also knows about magic, but also wants to keep magic from becoming what we call chaotic magic. Chaotic magic is when people who are conducting don't consider how it's affecting the planet and affecting them and affecting the people around them. Because anytime someone is operating any field of magic, if it is coming from dark magic and people around are not aware of how to stay in a place where they are clearing those energies from their being, it does have an effect on on the earth and the people on the planet and so forth. And that is um, very one of the indicative ways of why the Dark Ages was such a, a very trying time because there are a lot of people practicing magic out of the place of chaotic magic. And that chaotic magic was causing a lot of darkness to rise into people, spirits getting trapped into people, people acting out of possession. But you would think that they were normal, but they weren't because they were personal executing you and killing you without thought or reason. That was all because of chaotic energy. Chaotic energy, you will always know when there's chaotic energy, when you see war, when you see arguments, when you see um, people getting into bickering, there's chaotic magic around. That means that those people have been subjected to the echoes and effect of people on the planet who still are operating in chaotic states of of creation. And therefore, those energies then ricochet off of each other. And when energy ricochets, that's war. When energy ricochets off, like when two energies come together and explode when hitting, that is when you see arguments. That is when you see bickering. That is when you see war. That is when you see, you know, people screaming at each other in the street is because it's chaotic energy. And the only way to deal with chaotic energy is to hold what a sage would hold, which is basically holding um, the energy field of consciousness in its most harmonious tone, right? And sages do that really well. You know, druids do that really, really well. They, you know, they follow those principles of practice of, you know, constantly practicing how to stay in the center of the atom, how to stay in the center of the cyclone, the center of the hurricane and be the eye of the storm. Shamans, on the other hand, are a little bit different. Shamans, what we do is we can do, we can do what witches do. However, uh, we don't usually do that. And some shamans will still work with different plants and herbs and medicines. They're called um, medicine men. And the difference between medicine men and, sh- and shamans like myself is that a medicine man focuses on their knowledge and training of the um, herbs and the certain plants that have certain healing benefits, be it magical, be it um, the attributes of holistic um, abilities or the spiritual aspects of the energy of the plant itself and how it will affect the human body. 
when ingested or placed on the skin and so forth. And those things are beautiful, right? But um, for instance, the difference between a medicine man and a spirit shaman such as myself is a spirit shaman works within both science understanding of science because science really is the combination of information and data that is utilized to create combinations of thought and theory to bring forth new innovations in the world of magic in the world of um you know the knowledge of the body you know the knowledge of the mind the knowledge of the emotions and and how things are integrating and connecting on synthesis so the connectedness um, that you would see back in the days with spirit shamans is that we don't need to work with plant medicines. If I need to, to send someone to go work with someone with plant medicine, there was always in a tribe a medicine man and there was always a spirit shaman and, you know, or a woman would be a spirit shaman as well. And seers, for instance, were also a part of tribal culture, even in Muslim culture. Um, there were a lot of seers as well um, in Muslim culture. And they were the ones who helped during the nomadic movements. They would be able to connect and see what people needed in order to keep them alive through their, you know, going on their nomadic journeys. And they exist all the time, all over the world. I see them all the time. Sometimes I walk down the street, I see a seer, but they're not even aware that they are one because they are afraid of the public embarrassment or ridicule that they would get for just being honest about what they actually really see. So, and these are wonderful things that I actually like to bring to people when they actually come and work with me is to really find out what kind of powers they have, you know, what kind of gifts are embedded in them from their bloodline or just things that spirits have embedded in them on their birthing. So, Usually when you are um, operating from plant medicine, you are knowledgeable of the plants and you're knowledgeable how they will affect the person and you're knowledgeable of the meanings of what people will experience when they share with you their experiences or even when they're in their experiences, you'll be able to understand it and see it and, and be very clear about it. In spirit shamanism, we operate with spirits. We realize that every plant sun, energy, frequency, everything is a spirit. The wacky atoms, they're all spirits. And the animals are spirits and you're a spirit and your blood is a spirit and your bones are spirits and your muscles are spirits and everything is a spirit. And so what we do is we learn how to communicate to all of those many different spirits in the most loving and nurturing way so that we build a relationship with them when we so need to interact with them. We already have the connection and the synthesis built between them. So synthesis is the is basically when the energies um, begin to communicate, right? So when energy begins to communicate, it creates a synthesis. And the synthesis is a really powerful um, connection for spirit shamans because it really is a combination and composition where energy is communicating to another energy compound or another, it's creating fusion, it's, um, it's amalgamating itself, it's blending, it's combining. So if I'm working with someone, for instance, and I look at their synthesis in their body, I go, oh, they're not connected to the spirit world. Let me turn that on. Let me get the spirit world to connect with their body and their mind and emotions. And let's turn on spiritual energies through their body. And usually people feel their hands tingling and they start shaking and they start getting visuals and stuff. Because a lot of people have been disconnected from spirit, even though they're like doing yoga and meditating and doing all these things because they don't understand synthesis. They think if I'm doing these things, I must be spiritual. But they don't understand that true spirituality is 
is allowing synthesis from the spirit world, which is the, the invisible world, to come in and communicate to your body, to your emotions, to your mind, and then to expand your spirit into that synthesis plane, which allows the, there to be this a beautiful uh, fusion of information, right? And so a lot of times, you know, people will say to me, oh, I'm a very spiritual person, you know, Shaman Durek, I do yoga, I do this, I went and did this ayahuasca ceremony, and I did this and I did that. Doesn't mean you have synthesis with the spirit world. The plant medicine could have gone into your body and going into your body, as it went into your body, you had an experience from the medicine and from the synthesis of the medicine being inside of you. But once that's done, you, um, your body returns back to its original order with the knowledge that you've obtained from your journey with the plant medicine. That doesn't mean that you're connected to the synthesis of the universe and the, you know, the spiritual planes and the many dimensions of the spiritual planes because in order to be connected to the many dimensions of the spiritual planes, you have to open up your spiritual synth synthesis from within yourself without the use of medicines. The medicine is a medicine. And I really want people to understand that from a shamanic point of view. Medicine is medicine. Just like when you take an aspirin, the aspirin goes through your body, the aspirin runs out, the aspirin's out of your system. The same is with the plant medicine. It does not keep a synthesis. Your body doesn't go, oh, the aspirin came in, let's follow this aspirin's program and keep this person from feeling pain and follow that program of the aspirin. It doesn't. It's the aspirin that is actually dealing with the pain or whatever the medicine that's coming in the body. It could be an aspirin, it could be a volume, it could be a, sed a, a sedative, it can be anything, right? Once your body, your body is a living organism. So it gets rid of whatever you bring in as a compound. A compound can come in powder form, come as a plant, can come as a tea, can come as a tincture. It can come as uh, many different things, right? That you ingest into your body. The difference is in spiritual shamanism, once you open the synthesis in someone's spiritual body to bring the spiritual world into their physical, emotional, and mental world, and you create what we call an energy plateau, that means that you open up gateways of informational data to be, um, to be filtered through their body simultaneously, input and output, through currency effect. That be able to that is able to maintain itself. Once it's open, it never closes. So I have people who come in. I open up their synthesis, and all of a sudden they're like ground me. All of a sudden their feet go turn into magnets and ground into the earth. They go fire and they feel fire in their hands. They go fire in my body and fire enters into their body. They go electricity increase my intuition. All of a sudden a bolt of electricity shocks through their system. They can say, take me into deep meditation. All of a sudden their eyes close and they go straight into the deepest meditation because they're connected to synthesis of the spirit world. That means they're accessing all the spiritual levels of consciousness that's available, which by the way, why I love being a spirit shaman is vast beyond anything the human mind can conceive. Okay. The levels and layers in the spirit world that you can tap into energetically is so huge. That's why I always invite people to learn from me, to take workshops, because I really want people to open up these beautiful channels of energy. Now, moving forward. So in shamanism, 
shamans can access the things that witches do, which is dance and, you know, build energy and also hold that sensual sexual energy to propel it at certain moon phases. However, they don't have to. Most shamans work within the, the necessary understanding of synthesis, sound and music, through bringing words, chants, and movements in their body, through stomping, moving their hands a certain way, much like the Shaolin monks who will utilize certain movements in their body to open up gateways of energy and, and vibrations to be able to increase more power in them, you know, and all these other um, amazing things that you see, like for instance, like martial art is a, is a very shamanic um, movement that has been taken into the Asian culture from the ancient days of shamanism into the Tungus and the Siberian and the Asian um, influence and all of that and turned into a, a field of movement and protection, but they also are opening up energy gateways that allow chi and energy into their body, which in fact, basically, if we want to say it, they're allowing spirits, from my point of view, because I'm a spirit shaman, into their body and giving them strength and power and ability to project energy, which is to conduct energy away towards another person who may be attacking them or, or doing any kind of movement towards them. And so... But we go in shamanism, we have the same thing. We call it shamanic passages and we practice them. We open up gateways. I teach it a lot in my class. I just did a class about it in um, Mallorca um, at Guru Jagat's place at Rama. And there's a lot of things that I, I want to share with the world. So when we go into shamanism, that's what shamanism is. And shamans can actually manifest because they understand the field of quantum energy. And that's one of the things that I want to share with you. And we'll, we'll talk more in other podcasts um, about manifestation because it's an ongoing training and teaching that I want to share with you. But I wanted to give you an understanding of the many different ways in which you can manifest and what manifesting really is, right? So we talked about the clarity. We talked about, you know, really having an understanding of attention to intention to understanding to be a conductor. So in shamanism, we operate in the consciousness um, very much like a sorcerer or a wizard. For a sorceress, a sorceress works with symbolisms, as so does a shaman, and also um, witches as well will do symbolisms as well. But a sorceress works with symbolism and sound vibrations to generate manifestation into the world. Whereas a wizard has, has become a mastery of the mind where there is no doubt that slips in on any level or any kind of idea that that it's not going to happen. So their mind is, um, so they operate in silence in their manifestation. They can manifest just through a thought and immediately send that out into the world and send it out into the universe. And then literally things happen. So shamanism has the ability to access wizard consciousness, sorcery, witchcraft, sage, druid. It has the ability to access all of them, depending upon the shaman in their teaching, their upbringing, and the way that they learned how to utilize their, their talents as a shaman. Some shamans don't choose to work with synthesis. They only work with bringing ailments and dealing with symptoms. And those are the ones you see in Peru and the ones that you see in um, Africa working with Iboga and, you know, and and Native American culture working with peyote and morning glory and all the many different things that you see as medicine 
um, you know, even people who are working with Sapo or Combo, they're utilizing these things to open up certain areas where you have illness, uh, symptoms, be it mental symptoms, emotional symptoms, physical symptoms, and so forth. However, they're not generating synthesis in your body after that stuff is out of your system. That was to deal with the element and the symptom. Uh, the synthesis is something that a spirit shaman deals with. So, so just so you understand. So if you really want to learn how to bring the wind to you with that, when you call it, to ask the wind to come and cool you off when you're outside and you surprise your friends, like what I do all the time with my friends where... Um, they'll be standing at a place where there's no wind and I'll call the wind. All of a sudden the wind will start blowing and all of that. In order to access that level, you have to have synthesis with the spirit world and, uh, and so much more. And I know that there's a lot of tribal members who have worked with me and learned how to access synthesis and they know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, so the thing is, is that when you're creating and manifestation, the first thing you have to understand is you never want to manifest with your words because words are conducting energy outward into the universe. That's why being mindful in how you speak, like when people talk about mindfulness, it is so amazing mindfulness because when you go into mindfulness, you literally are stepping into a space of really being aware of your mind. And that's what mindfulness is, is being aware of your thoughts, aware of your thoughts. As much as you are like when you're sleeping at night and you're in a dream, you're either watching the dream or you're participating in the dream. Well, mindfulness means you're watching the, what you're saying. You're watching what comes out of your mouth and you're not getting mad about it. You're not getting upset about it. You're watching it and taking a note and then deciding that that isn't the way that I want energy to be coming through my being. So being an excellent conductor is having that level of clarity and mindfulness and understanding of how energy is operating and what is the best place for energy to be placed. Now, that's what makes you really good at being an energy master. An energy master and you know, and I and I, I'll be honest with you. I am still in the process of learning energy mastery. Even though I can access synthesis and do all these amazing things, I am still learning energy mastery. And energy mastery means that you are aware of energy happening at all quantum levels, and you're able to direct certain energy into a certain place at a certain time and a certain frequency that will create a change so fast that will allow everything in that space to expand and be at the highest level for all beings, for all creatures, for all sentient energies and so forth. Now, I can do that. However, as my human nature comes in because of the mitochondria and the way that my little organisms, as my friend Dave Asprey would say, comes in and starts getting into the whole, I'm a human being, I need to survive and you know all of that gets in the way. And I have to go back and, re and tell these organisms like, no, this is, you are surviving the body because you know the body is temporal, but my spirit is eternal and I'm the one who's running this show, right? And so when we get into that space, that's why it's really important what we put in our food and how we eat and how we create our supplements and so forth. Because, you know, we don't want these organisms running us and we just becoming, you know, uh, a, a, a robot to these organisms who are just constantly make us react to everything because we're in constant need to survive and keep and maintain. 
when we recognize that we're this eternal being, we, we, we remove those ideas and step out of those comfort zones and go into the unknown, which is really where we need to be. And uh, thanks to my brother, Dave, because we talk about this every time we're together and he laughs about it sometimes because sometimes he'll see me go into that space where the mitochondria is making me very you know, human. And he'll be like, Dirk, why aren't you using your powers? Why aren't you extending your powers to be able to learn how to move things with your mind? How come you're not doing that right now? Why aren't you doing that? How come you're not using your powers to enter into this space or like sometimes we'll be together and i'll go into the underworld to go help some spirits and he'll be sitting next to me and walking me and guiding me through it because there's parts of me that i'm fine in the underworld but there's parts of me that you know um are working on different powers and stuff and so he'll be like my coach and he'll be like he'll be like go in there and get that thing you know <laughs> and then like uh you know sometimes i have like you know the illuminati there's different people in the illuminati or the, the group of secret society that wants to hide everything and keep everything hidden which people some people can believe they're there and i and some people you know don't have to that's your choice however they do exist and they visit me from time to time and they'll come into my room and you know, get words out of my mouth. They'll use, because they have witches and shamans and all kinds of very mystical people who work for the Illuminati to create certain things so that can, you know, blind us and do stuff to us. And that's why we have to build our powers. Why I said being a superhuman, creating a superhuman means also just creating a being who's aware of energy mastery and not just operating in the physical primordial world and as a robot to a nine to five job and getting a pension plan and getting on, you know, going on vacations once in a while and paying your bills and then, you know, getting old age and then getting on your retirement fund and then, you know, leaving the planet. That's not fun. And, and if, you are, if you're one of those people, please stop, just stop, just stop and get on the lit train and really ride this train with me and let me show you how amazing and magical you are on every single level. So that being said, going into that space of really, you know, uh, understanding that, you know, that the, the consciousness of your being and the way that you operate and what you can actually do and what you can't do is really dependent upon one, your interaction with that mitochondria and those organisms that Dave talks about so clearly. And, you know, it's just an amazing, amazing truth that you really got to look at. And then understanding that there is this eternal self that doesn't really care about your pain and about your, your little, you know, issues that you have with the fact that your shirt didn't, you know, have it, you spilled something on your shirt or, you know, that someone is saying something to you and you don't like it and all this kind of stuff or there's something being mean to you and all that. Like it doesn't care. What it cares about is forwarding information and light and consciousness in a way that is supporting this planet and supporting the universe because it knows that this planet, when it gets supported, it also supports other planets. And so it looks at that um, wholeness, not that, that separateness. And so it's really important. So when manifesting, you want to, one, recognize that everything that you're experiencing right now in this here and now you can't put your energy on. That means you have to detach yourself. It's the first key I teach my students is like detach from your reality that you see right now and like, and just completely deny it. Deny this reality. Deny the reality and creates a space of a void of creation for you to, to operate from. Now, I'm going to explain that to you because you're probably like, what does he mean by detach from this reality? That means that this is not your reality. Like, stop putting your energy on it. Like, if you only have 10 bucks in your bank account, that's not your reality. That's what happens now in front of you because of something from the past or experiences of words and things that you were a part of and belief systems and energies that you were conducting out into um, to infinite space to become fruition in your life. So 
detach from this reality. And you can even say, I don't accept this reality. I know that I've created it. I thank myself for seeing what I created. I take responsibility for it. That means the ability to show up with love. However, I don't accept this reality. Now you get to go into creative mode. So what is creative mode? First one, clarity. What is it that you want to create, right? What is it that you choose to create? How are you choosing to use your creative um, faculties? What do you choose to create? Okay, so you get that. Secondly, you go into the process of attention. You put your attention on it. Attention on it means as you're having clarity about it, and when you put your attention on it, that is you just putting your attention on it. That's all you need to do. You don't have to do this thing. I know this book, this thing called The Secret, and it's like you go into The Secret and you have to like feel it and you have to believe it and you have to do all these things. No, you really don't. You don't have to believe Jack Doodle. Okay. You could be saying, I'm going to create something and you don't even believe in it. That's okay because it's not based on your belief. It's based upon the functions of energy that takes place in the universal field of consciousness. Now, I'm going to say that to you again because, God, you know, I get so frustrated sometimes with love, of course. When I say frustrated with love, it means I'm frustrated, but I love. So I understand why it's happening. When people get into this whole secret and they're just like, oh, I, I'm thinking about it, I'm feeling it, I see it, and I'm, uh, uh, and like, you know, that in, you know, people will say, well, if you don't believe it, it's not going to become that way. It's not the truth. What makes something happen is your allowance. Allowance creates the belief. The fact that you can remain constant in your allowance of something is the belief that is required for you to receive it. The idea of believing in something that you never experienced is going to be very challenging if you are a person who lived in provish community, never experienced being a millionaire, never experienced wealth or whatever, and you're going to, how are you going to believe in something you've never experienced, right? So that right there tells you just wash that belief because that's so untrue. All you have to do is learn the art of allowance. Now, I don't know if people understand, um, and I know there's my students who've trained with me and understand these things, do understand, but there's a lot of people who don't. And you know, you can take some of my classes on manifest, uh, spiritual shamanic mani um, manifestation. You can learn about how to understand the energy planes and fields of consciousness that allow you to be able to change certain frequencies, particle substances, and, um, and bring them into matter form and so forth. And that's a whole nother thing. But I'm giving you the basis of the most easiest way for you to manifest and really understand how energy operates. And this is also great for healers. This is great for working with kids. This is great for working with your spouse or your husband or your wife, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, people in your environment, everything around you, right? If you detach from the reality that you see without giving it power. That means putting your attention on it, talking about it, um, you know, reacting to it because if someone says something to you and you choose to react, that means the moment you react, you are drawing your re you're drawing yourself into that reality. You have to see yourself as mutable and changeable and flexible and um, lucid. Okay, you're lucid, right? Think of like lucid dreaming, right? Lucid dreaming is like your ability to be aware that you're dreaming and then you can change the dream. Well, that's the same in shamanism. Okay, so lucidity is you detaching from what you see as reality and knowing that there are many realities that exist and all you have to do is get clarity on which one you want to jump to. So 
Now, once you get to that space and you have the clarity, you have the understanding of attention and you have the intention, you go into the next phase, which is the ability to conduct. Now, this is the fun part. However, most people, when they get to this part, they conduct incorrectly because they don't know the laws of physics and they don't understand quantum physics and they don't understand um, mechanical um, quantum mechanics. Okay, so let me kind of give you one-on-one very simple shamanic course in that, okay? Here it is. When you are operating in the idea of a now perspective from your consciousness, the reality of consciousness doesn't mean just because you say it's a now moment, is it really a now moment? No. Energy is always in what we call in shamanism um, flux. That flux of energy is moving like a river. And you, you the only way you can stop a river in, in your theory is to place rocks in the river, right? But the water is still moving. Everything is still moving. And so the, the more you create those rocks, the more you limit the movement. That's an outside force coming in and stopping the movement. However, you can't stop the motion of time. You can you can go into a space and say, okay, we're going to have this moment together, but you didn't stop time. And if you don't acknowledge and respect Father Time, right, and its divine energy frequency of allowing us to propel energy into many different stratospheres, you are going to be diff- having difficulty in manifesting. Time moves. It keeps moving, you know? And the thing is, when people get into this, okay, now moment, being in the now, being in the now, what now are you speaking about? Look, I love the theories that people have when they're like, be present in the now. The only way you're being present in the now is by putting your mind on something. It's just focusing on what you're doing now and the act of now, but the time is still moving. Energy is still moving. And that's the energy you need to tap into to manage manifest. Not the now, because the now was created by energy that was moving from the past. So if you understand that, then you're really going to become this amazing manifester. And I can't tell you, I've taught workshops and people have written me letters and letters and letters. Shaman Durek, oh my God, you were right. It worked. I got what I needed, or you say needed, but you know what they what they desired in their life, you know, and all of that became possible when they understood that even if I'm sitting here right now and focusing my attention on the now that I'm here doing this podcast and share with the tribe does not mean that the other energies that are happening because my focus on the now, it chooses to focus on a now idea, but the theory of now does not work within the quantum field. The energy is still moving. And what I said to you just about two minutes ago, is now in the past. And that past is now creating my next experience that will happen in the next couple minutes, tomorrow, a month from now, a year from now. Everything I am saying is going to affect something that now it's in the past. It's going to affect something in the next now, in the next now, in the next now, if you want to stay present in the now, or you can say in the next future. So when people get into this whole idea that like, 
this is the future when you have people who do tarot card readings and they go, okay, this is your future. That is your future based on how you are, you were thinking um, in that moment, just when you were with them and what you've been thinking in the weeks before in the past. And that's what's showing up in your cards. If you want to change those card readings, you immediately have to change the way you think. That's it. It's that simple. And in shamanism, that is the first thing we learn. And when it comes to healing, when it comes to dealing with energies, when it comes to any of these things, that, that your mind, your emotions are in constant flux. And if you can learn how the flux moves, which is operating on this field of consciousness, which is past becomes the, the new future, the past becomes the new future, the past becomes the new future, because we are in a loop on planet Earth, you will become an amazing manifester. Right? This is so good, right? You feel good? You feel lit? Because I feel lit sharing this with you because I want you to be a masterful conductor. So when we get past the understanding of intention, now you go into conducting. Where do you conduct the energy? To the past. You don't speak about it like, if you're talking to someone like, so I'm going to create this amazing business. No. Because if you're saying I'm going to, the word going to is in the future. That means that we don't even, you've just thrown a, a it's basically, you just throw through a tennis ball into a stargate and you don't know where that stargate leads to and who where that tennis ball which future did it go in like there are quantum levels of future possibilities that exist simultaneously and if you don't have a direction when you speak like i'm going to create when is the question you should ask when are you going to create because if you don't direct and be a conductor of energy, you are what we call a chaotic creator. You are sending out energy into many different dimensions that have nothing to do with what you're wanting to manifest or choose to manifest in your life. You're just haphazardly saying things like, I'm going to create this new business. I'm going to create love in my life. Mm, really? When? When? is what the consciousness of your being is asking. When? When? Where are you conducting? What kind of conductor are you? Are you just a conductor who throws out things and doesn't know when it's going to come back or how it's going to come back or where did you even send it? So when you say going, you're talking future tense. Future tense means that's exactly where the energy got conducted to. So bye-bye. It could be five years, seven years, 10 years. I mean, who knows? Who's to say? Because, you know, it's like sitting and waiting for a fish to take a bite of, you know, because you have completely just tossed out your fishing thing and you just don't know how long you're going to be sitting on that boat before you have a catch or before that tennis ball actually comes back. Or even if it does come back, it might go to another uh, quantum level of your being that lives in another dimension. How's that for using your brain? So going back to what we're talking about here, you have to have a knowledge of being a conductor, a, a, a masterful conductor knows where they're conducting energy and how it's going to come back in. So the best way to conduct energy is not in the now, because if you want to conduct energy in the now, you utilize it for now purposes, such as if I'm going to conduct energy right now, I could say, I create a strong, powerful energy surge in my right hand right now that I can feel in my hand right now. 
that is so strong that I can feel it on my skin right now. Yep, there it is. My energy in my right hand is vibrating. I feel electricity dancing on my skin of my hand and the palm of my hand is energy. Now I can say, I feel that energy, which means I'm putting my attention on it, right? When I say I feel it, right? Whenever you hear spirit speaks to you, and this is another uh, podcast that I will do where we're learning about talking to how to communicate to guides and spirits and so forth. But I feel the energy in my hand brings my attention to it. When I bring my attention to it, what did I tell you about attention? When you engage in something, it becomes a part of your reality, right? So now my reality is I'm actually really feeling it in my hand. Now I can say, now that I feel that in my hand, I increase its power and make it stronger. Ooh, now it see, because I'm so sensitive to energy, you see the sound I just made because it went through my whole entire body. It just shocked my whole entire system. So that's why I went woo because it made my body jerk and that's the sound that came out of my mouth. Now, I felt that because I did feel that move through my body and I heard that because I made the sound and now that's become a part of my reality. So now what was not in my reality has become a part of my reality. This is what I call spirit hacking. Now, that we'll, we'll be doing a whole thing about that in my book that comes out next year, which is called Spirit Hacking. Um, my spirit hacking um, book that comes out next September is going to really blow your mind on how to really step into mastery of energy. But we go into this consciousness or this reality right? We understand that I can disconnect from this reality at any given moment I want to by simply saying, I do not accept this reality. And then everything is waiting for me to decide what I'm going to do. But being a conductor is important to know how you use energy. So if you're going to use the now statement, utilize the now statement when you're doing healing on someone in the now moment, when you want there to be an effect in the now moment, when you want to create an energy in your body in the now moment, when you want to create experience in your day, that it's going to happen in the now moment. Not meaning like, um, now I'm going to have amazing energy show up for me. That's going to happen right now. That's not going to happen in two hours or three hours or four hours. That's happening now because I'm using, I'm presently using the now. So the energy comes right to me immediately. So right now I can say, right now I'm generating a high source of powerful energy into my body that I can feel in my abdomen. Immediately I'm feeling it. I, I feel the energy right now and I increase it and expand it inside of my abdomen. Ooh, I love being a shaman. Okay, and that energy right now is so strong that it's propelling around my body and I can feel the, I can feel the waves and I can hear the sounds right now of what that energy feels like. So just now, I felt waves moving to my body around me and I heard the sound that goes in my ear while being here with you in the share. This is what I'm speaking about. So when you use the now, you use the now in the way that you want the now to work. You don't use the now if you're wanting to manifest something, right? Unless it's right now. Okay, and you can become a master of the now. I have friends who are masters of the now that they can manifest money like right now. Like they can do anything right now because they've practiced so much of the now that it's just become a part of their experience. And it's really amazing. 
and I can too. However, I use more manifestation of the past to come into something. That means that it's, it's showing up in my life. The re- I, distach, I detach from the reality. Um, if I'm working on someone and loving on someone, let's use the word and send change work to love, and it's a restructuring that I've accepted right now. I'm loving on someone in a healing that I'm doing, shamanic healing, or if I'm teaching my students, I will use energy in the now to show them that it's real. If I'm working with a Wall Street exec or a doctor or anyone, I show them now what is possible now. So that's how I do it. If I want to create something, right, I conduct my energy to the past. So I speak like this. I love how I got all these amazing opportunities that came in for me to be able to speak on stage to thousands and thousands of people. It was such a wonderful experience that let opened up the hearts of so many people and I had the most amazing and beautiful time. That's it. Letting it go. Once I have conducted that into, uh, which is called speaking it into existence, I could speak it into existence I could visualize it. It doesn't matter, okay? Once I did that, now I go into what is called the art of allowance. The art of allowance means that I don't need to repeat it. You know how people do those affirmations, I am beautiful, I am beautiful, I am beautiful. Every time you say it the second time, you just cancel out the first time. If you understand anything about conducting energy, you realize that a conductor conducts energy and then waits for the energy to come back and then chooses to conduct to conduct the next energy. They don't go into the space of repeating it over and over again because if they did, the orchestra wouldn't happen and the symphony would definitely not happen. It would be a big chaotic sound and people would be appalled in the opera house or the theater or wherever it was being conducted. So energy gets conducted in where it needs to go and then the return of that energy gets conducted somewhere else or back to the energy source that is utilizing it again. So like if I turn on my light right now, okay, I'm the energy is being conducted from wherever the big energy conductor is in New York City, which is where I'm at right now, that energy will be conducted to this lamp and through this building, through all of its electrical um, wires and so forth, it will conduct energy into this light bulb. When I turn it off, it stops conducting energy into that light bulb. When I turn it back on, zip, the energy that's being put into this building that's waiting to be utilized will be turned back on and conducted to the light bulb. When I turn it off, it doesn't get conducted. So it's the same thing. So once you once you uh, create that, which I just did, which I'm so excited about. So once once you just created that, like using past tense, because the past becomes your next experience. That's everything you see in your reality right now has come from the past. That's why I say don't put your energy and attention on it if you don't like what's showing up right this moment. Learn to be a masterful conductor and manifester. And this will literally shift your life in ways that will take you higher and higher to having an easy life on planet Earth. So, The key element here, right, my loves, is to, and this is all really powerful shamanic teachings that were passed down from my elders. The key element here is to practice where you want to place energy. And so the allowance aspect of what the art of allowance, which I love so much, the art of allowance, is such a wonderful thing to say. The, I'm in the art of allowance, right? You can say it to your friends. You can, they're like, so what's going on in your life? I'm in the art of allowance right now. 
What's that? Well, basically, Shaman Durek told me that the art of allowance means that whatever I've created out there, I don't need to keep thinking about it or putting it out there. I'm just now in the place of being in allowance, which opens up the receiving, which allows me to receive the energy that was sent out back to me. So it basically is like this big, your energy is like this big, big magnetic energy light field. And anything that was sent out, just knows how to find you. It's like, hi, it's like, hi, I'm over here. You were meaning that that box was for me. Yeah, right here, please. Thank you. That's my box. Thank you. That's basically the art of allowance is that you're sending an energy occurrence out to the universe because you're in a state of allowance. And now all the things that you actually manifested can now come to you. The biggest mistake people make is they pull themselves out of the art of allowance and into doubt. They go into, is it really going to happen? Did I do it right? Um, You know, these things are so irrelevant because if you are going into doubt or is it really going to happen, then you're not in the art of allowance. You can only be in the art of allowance when you stay in a place of allowance. Like what I just created, I'm now in allowance for. And watch, it will show up. Just like a couple months ago, I was I, I said to a friend, I said, I said to a, not even a friend, it was a student of mine in Los Angeles. And I said, she said, show me how to manifest. I said, of course. I said, I'm going to manifest something right now. I manifest that I'm going to be on. So I said, I love how amazing it was that I was on a TV show where I got to work with doctors and I got to share my knowledge and wisdom with people in the general community. And I got to share with people who are have not been exposed to this level of information. I left it like that. I was in the art of allowance. She goes, are you in the art of allowance? I said, yes, I'm in the art of allowance. And she goes, well, how do you know what's going to happen? I said, I'm not even going to answer that question because I'm in the art of allowance. She goes, oh, okay. So I said, what I want you to do is just watch. And then when it, when it shows up, I'm going to write you and let you know that what happened. So two weeks later, I'm in the Hamptons at my brother-in-law's house. And my publicist calls me, gives me a call, and she says, um, the doctors want uh, the, one of the producers from the doctors wants to talk to you about coming on the show. Talk to her. Everything's wonderful. One week later, I'm in Los Angeles shooting the doctors, which comes out uh, within this month sometime or in the next month, and shooting the doctors. And I called, I called my student and said, do you see what I'm talking about? I'm on a TV show right now shooting for the doctors for mainstream television to to provide information about spirit hacking to a community that has never even heard of it. This is what I'm talking about. Another situation was I was heading over to um, Iceland. I said, wasn't it amazing how I got to Iceland and the people in the media heard about me coming there, coming there and they wanted to do a, um, uh, put me on the news and talk about the work that I was doing with the people. Let's change work to love restructured, uh, the love that I was bringing to the people. And, um, and because of it, I was going to be able to meet the president of Iceland. And all of a sudden, I get to Iceland. My manager in Iceland, Thordis, says to me, uh, the TV people called me and they want to put you on television, on the news. A week later, she gets a phone call and says, uh, the president of Iceland, the first lady president, wants to have you over at her house for, for, for tea and cookies. And um, she's like, this is a really big deal. Now, my friends were like, how did you do that? I said, it was really simple. I created it and went into the art of allowance. So if you can remember these steps, right? It's also, if you, if you go into the art of allowance and slip into doubt, you basically have canceled out 
um, the energy as long as you stay in doubt. If you go back into the art of allowance, then the energy starts coming towards you again. And very quickly too, by the way. And the thing is, is that the more you begin to learn these techniques, these shamanic techniques, understanding energy and understanding how these things operate, you are going to recognize the power of energy that occurs. Like for instance, when a witch does a spell, she doesn't sit there and think, is my spell going to work? I used to run a coven when I was a teenager on the side. I used to have uh, parents who are witches and, you know, and live in that world, drop off their kids who wanted to work in that world and I was working with kids who would come to my house and they would learn about how to be in their magi position. And uh, my sister always said, you turn the downstairs part of our house into your coven. And it was great because they would learn all about many things, about wands, about energies, about crystals, how they operate, how they do all these things, which we'll get into. We can talk about that in other um, shares to the tribe in other podcasts. I'll talk about understanding crystals and how they actually really, um, how you operate the energies of crystals versus the way that people are telling you to do it, which is really interesting and that doesn't work that way in Atlantis. However, the thing is, is that, um, and not saying that everyone doesn't know how to do it, there is a certain field of consciousness that the, the, the spirits of the crystals operate in and synthesis building with them is the first key to working any crystal. It's not just that you go buy a crystal in a crystal shop and you're like, oh, okay, I have this crystal and now I'm going to be able to use its power and its energy. Mm, no, there is a certain synthesis you build with the crystal, which is easy to achieve, which we'll talk about in another time. And that um, actually activates the energy of the crystal to be able to utilize the spirit of the crystal with your own power and amplify it through the crystal or the spirit amplifies it for you and so forth, which is really powerful. And that's a whole nother thing. So going back to what I was saying when I was talking about it is that when you operate from the field of allowance, like a witch will operate from the field of allowance. Once she does her spell, she's done. She's, she stays in the art of allowance. When a wizard does it, he's already in the art of allowance as he's thinking it. And when a sorceress does it, she's in an art of allowance the moment she finishes her sound or draws the symbol in midair. And a shaman, if they're a really powerful shaman, they know this technique like there is no tomorrow. If they're a medicine shaman, most cases they don't know this technique because they're not trained in this way. They're trained to understand medicine and elements and how to help you recover back to health and well-being or spiritual well-being. Uh, synthesis and all of that belongs to spirit shamans and shamans who work in that field. So, um, for instance, if you're a shaman in Bali, you understand the energy of the art of allowance and you understand manifestation. You also understand how to use water and the spirits of the water to create change in one's life because they know now they know now shamanism. So there's different things. And these are just kind of basic guidelines that are not so basic, but basic in the sense that where I would like you to see basic is. And they're really going to open up doorways for you in beautiful, beautiful landscapes of new adventures and bringing more ease and grace in your life. And that's what I really want you to have is more ease in your life. More, more powerful tools that are not so generally talked about in society, but I am willing to pass down all of the knowledge that I know, not just from this life, but from all the other lives that I lived all the way back to the time when I was a Moo and when I was back in the time as a teacher in Atlantis and also um, the times when I was not even in human form. 
and I come from my Andromeda region of the space planet that I come from. And some people will say, who listen or, you know, saying like, what is he talking about? He's talking outer space ETs. That is exactly what I'm talking about. I am a human being, yes, but I have many spirits in this body and we have much to share with you to this tribe because everything I'm here to share with you is to lift you, shift you and take you to a higher place and keep you on the lit train. And if you're not drinking that lit juice and you're not on that train and you're not screaming and you wake up every morning, I love my life, then you need to really tune into more of the teachings that I have for you because there's no reason for you not to jump out of bed and scream on the top of your lungs. You love your life and you love how powerful you are because that's what it's about. So stay lit, tribe. I love you so much. And you can follow me on Instagram at Shaman Durek. And you can, if you want to sign up for my training and classes, which I suggest you do. And if you are near a place where I am going to do uh, training, you know, it, hopping on a plane and coming over to see me to get this level of, of training is well worth it. More so than, you know, just taking a vacation somewhere. The vacations are great. However, uh, upgrading your, your, your gifts and power and becoming a superhuman is even better. So, you know, please do yourself a favor, you know, get, keep your body lit, eat healthy food, you know, keep your brain on high levels, get, you know, get that MTC oil in your body, you know, really support your system, get your electrolytes and your, your, your energies and your minerals. You know, I have, I'm always, you know, if you, if you listen to all my sponsors that sponsor, um, ancient wisdom today, uh, from, you know, every sponsor that you see me having, they're all chosen based upon the litness of what should be brought into your body to stay on that lit train. Um, I don't take any sponsors or anyone in the beginning of the show or the beginning of the share that are not really about supporting you to becoming masterful in some way and some on some level to becoming a superhuman in your abilities and your gifts and your profoundness as a human being. And um, so just know that. So if you don't have those amazing things that I talk about in each of my sponsors, um, I can tell you that you're missing out. So I love you very much. Go to my newsletter on shamandirk.com, sign up, get into my classes, find out where I'm going to be, join my teachings, sit down with me in meditation. If you do have the ability to come in for a session, do so, come into a session. If you can't afford it, um, talk to my team about getting on my pro bono list. You know, nothing is withheld from you. I love you so much. And remember, you rock the Casbah. Stay lit, stay cool, be you, and know there's only one, and that makes you divinely special. Till next share, goodbye. <laughs>